All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 70 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm Julian Gill, one of your hosts, and joining me today, Alex Bagboy on the FAQ. Welcome back, Alex. Thank you. And the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard Ken. <laughs> Welcome. And uh, joining us somewhat tardily, we hope, will be Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss, but we'll harass him when he does eventually appear. So, let's... Uh, you know, talk about some current affairs first, because this is Thursday the 28th, and yesterday the video, the highly anticipated video for Fire and Water by Ace Frehley was released, featuring a certain other member of KISS, Paul Stanley, the star child. You guys had a chance to see that yet? And what what are your thoughts? Alex, you look like you're about to jump oh, through the sorry. camera. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, you know, even if the intro clearly was a little staged with them kind of walking to each other, um, I, I mean, who couldn't get excited? You know, if you've grown up loving Kiss, grown up loving Paul Stanley um, and, and Ace Fraley, um, knowing that there's sometimes disagreements between them and how the press does it and stuff, that video just kind of I don't know, it kind of made you happy. It's kind of like what I think, um, I think a lot of us, when we saw the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, you know, induction and stuff, you know, there was that, that joy of happiness of just seeing these guys that we grew up, we idolized, we loved. And so seeing them getting along was excellent. And, uh, you know, I was talking with my dad earlier today about the video, and I think the, the one thing that, um, uh, we were like talking about that like would have been kind of cool we're just like man you know dad i just wish they could uh you know just slip the makeup off and uh no nothing against tommy because i love tommy stuff but man just get eric singer ace paul and jane and just do a tour with no makeup or whatnot just uh jamming and stuff but the video was great the song was great um i love the action um and, and it was iconic you know you got paul with his ibanez Iceman cracked male guitar and then you've got ace with the less paul and the smoking um, killer video, um, and I really hope, uh, if anything, that, that song yeah, takes full by the horns and kind of runs with it and stuff. So, uh, I loved it. I mean, 10 out of a 10, 11 out of a 10, you know? Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I agree with you. It was, it's a great video. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's a little corny, uh, the meet, the beginning there where they're, they're meeting together, but yeah, it's cool. And, uh, just seeing them on stage and, you know, their backs bumping up together, shoulders bumping up together. Um, kind of, you know, reminds you of the good old days when they were, uh, you know, in the band together in makeup and so on. So, uh, good, great song and, and just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a simple video. Uh, they have, you know, some slow motion effects. They got the, the smoking guitar. And so it's, it's cool. And I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, if it was a crappy song, it, Probably, I probably wouldn't like it, but uh, it's. Well, we must be g- talking Psycho Circus, though, because you guys said a crappy song. No, no, we haven't gotten <laughs> no, to that yet. No. But if it was a crappy song, we, I said we, it was. We, if it we was, talk, but we were talking we, about your contribution to the tribute album. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. But I gotta throw real quick. I'd love. I'd really love to hear what Chris Wise and Scott Coogan, how they uh, felt doing that video, you know, being on stage with Paul and Ace at that moment. That'd yeah, be, be kind of interesting. interesting. I'd much rather ask Richie Scarlett how he felt 
not, not being, being in it. it. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the move. <laughs> that's no, no, I would still love to get Richie on here to talk about his time with Ace and his solo career and his stuff because obviously he's uh, a guitarist that I really appreciate in the band. But talking about the video, Lonnie, welcome to the show, by the way. Glad you could make it. Sorry, uh, see, that's what, that's what I get for trying to say, oh, I can, I can beat the traffic and get home in time. Hey, you know, it happens, and I got stuck in traffic today as well. So um, back to, we're just uh, recapping the video since it came out yesterday. Um, you know, I, I I liked it. It's just a straightforward video. It's cool to see Ace and Paul, um, you know, without makeup. In action together. Yeah. First time know, we've seen them in action together since. On stage, what, the, the video. The Winter Olympics? Yeah, you know, the video is just, it, it, it's a decent video. It's a decent song. It's not one of the better songs on the album, but, you know, it's more important for having Paul there and just seeing them together. It made me smile. Hell, made me smile. That's all it needs. Winner right there. Lonnie, quick thoughts? Heck, heck yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was a nice little surprise for, for Ace's birthday yesterday, you know. I think the timing on it was, was really good. You know, I, you know Ace's... In the news yesterday, no, maybe not in the news yesterday, but you see people on Facebook or whatever, you know, wishing Ace a happy birthday, and and that's out at the same time. So it was very timely, and it, and it was just fantastic to see those two together and, and interact with one another. Um, do I think it'll lead to anything in the future? Probably not, but at the same time, for for us old school Kiss fans or or even new school Kiss fans for that matter who have never seen you know, Paul and, and Ace together on stage. I think it was, it was just, it was great. It's everything I wanted it to be. No, so that's, re that's real neat. And of course, happy birthday to Ace because, uh, made it to 65, man. That, that is it. Who would have thought that? Who'd have, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> you know, and obviously while he's, uh, been a bit rough lately at the end of the tour, uh, you know, otherwise seems to be pretty healthy and, uh, fighting his battle day after day. So, you know, keep going, Ace. Proud of you. Um, other news. Is there any? No. Am I missing anything? Oh, yeah, the Kisteria box set is on sale, and they're throwing in the uh, the free singles box set. So. Julian, did you pull the trigger that day? No. Like I said, I bought a base recently, so uh, got to pay for that first. And Ken already pulled the trigger. You know, at least at least ago. the bass I've played every day. I can say with a certainty I wouldn't be playing that box set. Mm. I think I think I might get kicked out if I ordered that box. So. But I, I was tempted, totally, <laughs> totally tempted. So I, I'm already in trouble for buying Guns N' Roses tickets. So, um, did you, how much? How much did he go for? I I can't say. She's in the other room, and I'll get in trouble. And <laughs> and she, I think if I said I, I think if I said, honey, I also bought an, a a a uh, Kiss box set for seventeen hundred dollars, but it's okay because it's usually eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> And I did get the single set with it, so... I already got the single set. I already fought that battle. You already got that, yeah. <laughs> Why do you need two copies? Yeah, that would not work at all, and you would... I have two copies of the singles box six. I got the CD version and the record version. Well, the yeah, me too. ...into <laughs> today's topic, and, you know, after last week's fiasco, we're a little bit more, you know, and hopefully ready, and maybe not. We'll find out. Um, topic today is going to be kind of a hypothetical... If you were the executive producer for KISS when they're recording Psycho Circus, how would have you handled the KISS studio album, the reunion studio album at the time? Obviously, Psycho Circus is a very divisive album. Um, 
a lot of people just seem to hate it because of Tommy Thayer. Um, and that, and that's all you can really say. It's because of Tommy. They hate it because they hate Tommy so much, which is really idiotic to me. But, you know, opinions vary. Other people, you know, it doesn't sound quite what they wanted to hear from the band because obviously Ace and Peter were not involved in it to any sort of degree that they could have been, should have been, and maybe, you know, would have been if there had been a different executive producer that was really guiding the project. And from my perspective, anyway, if they had maybe gone in to make an album without having a preconceived marketing idea in the Psycho Circus branding, which I always, you know, bag on a little bit just because I don't get it. I owned every one of those comics. I think I looked at one, and I just don't get I don't like, number one, I don't like comics. Number two, it looked just like stupid to me, but because I don't because I don't like comics. So simple as that. So as an executive producer, there's many different ways of looking at it, you know, hiring a real producer, you know, Bruce Fairburn certainly was a real producer. He had all the cachet, all all the credentials required to produce Kiss. And again, we get back to Eddie Kramer, Bob Ezrin. Bob was involved in it uh, to begin with. So let's start with producers. if you were an executive producer, would you allow Paul Stanley to produce the album, or <laughs> would you hire someone who who you wouldn't later have to say was holding all of the cards and made all of the decisions, even though you're Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and make all of the decisions and hold all the cards? So, Lonnie, let's start with you since you're late. And, uh, you know, producers. First, producers? Um, Eddie Kramer. Absolutely, 100% Eddie Kramer. Um, because what the KISS Army, and I, this was really at the height of my KISS fandom. I mean, I was a freshman in college when Psycho Circus came out. Well, I guess I was a sophomore in college. Anyway, I was in college when, when Psycho Circus came out. And it was, you know, it was before I had any kind of adult responsibilities. It was like one of the biggest things, 1998. That and Mark McGuire hitting 62, 70 home runs was the biggest thing in my life at the time. So, you know, a lot of KISS fans were really looking for a hardcore KISS album that they've been waiting for really since since 79, some since 77. That's a different argument. And people wanted a ballsy kiss album at least my friends and i wanted a ballsy kiss album similar to the first three records i didn't want anything overproduced i mean i love destroyer don't get me wrong i i love love gun don't get me wrong or i could throw rock and roll over in there similar to rock and roll over or the first three kiss albums just very ballsy you know songs about about mischievous activities things like that for lack of better terms and you know just just a straightforward kiss record and it's not what it's not what we got but i would want julian to it's a long drawn out question to julian's long drawn out answer to julian's question but eddie kramer would have been my choice for producer hands down that's because eddie kramer knows what a kiss option sound like exactly alex what about you Fanny Pons here. No, just kidding. Where's the disconnect? I'm reaching for the disconnect button. <laughs> no, um, I, you know, I got to agree with Lonnie. Um, I really think Eddie Kramer would have been a great choice with that. Uh, the other one I, I would think is um, 
Michael James Jackson maybe because um, he did some great work with uh, the the air you know the the uh, 80s creatures and look at him kind of air and uh, animalize I think he, he he definitely had a feel for that heavy sound with the Kiss album but definitely I, I feel like Eddie came I feel like they came in and said to Eddie you know hey we, we want you to do this with us again uh, we had some great magic with the, the early Kiss demos that we did with you with Alive uh, rocking all over and Love Gun and I feel like obviously Dynasty was a little bit of a you know um, an interesting time so I feel like almost if you got Eddie Kramer going like hey let's pick up where we left off with um, with Love Gun and you know we want to have a hard crunchy sound can you, can you give that to us can you help us get there and stuff and like Lonnie said songs too you know obviously um, and we'll talk songs in, uh, later but yeah, I agree you know hear those classic you know the things that kiss was about in the 70s and stuff um you know the, the partying having fun uh mischievous deeds and so forth you know uh i think that's what a lot of people would have liked to have heard um and so yeah eddie kramer probably would have been my choice not that he gets bob Ezrin, but i think eddie kramer ken how about you yeah um i, I wrote, also wrote down eddie kramer uh in my notes and and for reasons of uh, similar to Alex where he was talking about uh, where they left off and really where they left off as all four of them playing on the same album was Love Gun really where they were still play- all four of them playing their instruments um, not you know once once you got past or live to side four you, you, you had you know they, they weren't all there and then Dynasty and Mass they weren't all there so um, and another reason um, for Kramer is I would hope that he would do the same thing like he did in Rock and Roll Over, uh, take them to a theater, try to capture that live sound on record, um, and you know which was you know, Rock and Roll Over uh, at that time. Um, I had a close second with you know Bob Ezrin, but not the destroyer Bob Ezrin or the elder Bob Ezrin but the revenge if it was a yes. the revenge Bob Ezrin I would have been okay <laughs> with it but I have a feeling that Kiss was looking to try to do a destroyer 2 at the time and I think it probably would have called, been called destroyer 2 had they had Bob Ezrin produce uh, that album but I, I'm going to go with uh, Eddie Kramer for sure yeah, and I gotta agree with you to a certain extent. Eddie Kramer would have been the perfect person to really kind of recapture Kiss 1977, um, which was what the reunion was basically based off. So, I agree with Lonnie about the sound of Rock and Roll Over and maybe the rawness of the early albums of trying to recapture that vibe, but also showing a little bit of maturity. I love the suggestion of Michael James Jackson. I mean, obviously yeah. he was a, he was a guy who came in. Um, really off the cuff that no one expected or knew about really and no and i don't think anyone's found him in recent years so it, it, he would have been a really great one especially for recording drums so bob Ezrin was involved early on but had to bow out he wasn't able to commit the time to it with his business i think um was he producing another record at the time? I, I think there was a production of another album going on, and he was work. He he had a, a he had a startup that was uh, starting to, starting to get busy. Yeah. I was re-listening to an interview where, where he addressed you know the work that he had done and how he'd love to have done stuff. And obviously, he did do some stuff with the band for the album. So, 
a shame. You know, I think we're, we concur. Eddie Kramer is the best person to capture the rocking side of Kiss. Bob Ezrin, of course, has his cachet. Um, he's probably better at kind of developing the artistic side. So, you know, I, I could go with either one, really, in, in 1998 or 97, 98. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Ace and Peter. Should they have had an equal amount of participation if we take out of the, the rene renegotiation should gene and paul have caved and allowed them to be fully participating members on a reunion album or did peter and a shoot themselves in the feet again ken yes uh, yes they should have let them have equal shares in in the recording of the album and um be, because that's what it was back where you know when they left off they that's what it was so i would think that they should have done that you know let you know this is they already you know uh they just played a hundred plus shows with the band yeah and they already you know <laughs> did not give them equal shares on the tour uh so obviously and i mean come on throw them a bone you know give them equal shares and let's all work together get everybody in the studio. I mean, if I was the, again, the executive producer, you have to get all four guys in that studio. I don't want any outside musicians recording. You know, you got to have all four or forget it. I mean, that's, that's how I would take it. Um, because you see what we got, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I'll, I'll agree to a certain extent that obviously if you're going to make a reunion album it helps to have the members of the band <laughs> making said reunion really? album it's a minor detail mm. and, <laughs> and and for it to be obvious i think the one of the problems mm -hmm. of psycho circus as it was envisaged or you know presented was the paul stanley wrote a song for peter where yeah. you know peter did bring songs to the session i mean justice for all and hope and together were the three i think uh that and we did hear hope later and oh. who know, and yeah <laughs> yeah i i know it makes you shudder but what could kiss have done with that you know maybe well, that, and i think that's where you're missing a guy like bob Ezrin, who could have taken a song like that am i t am i stealing your thunder healing no go for it okay let me ask you you're missing a guy like bob Ezrin who could take a song like like a piece of crap song that we got on peter's album like hope and and mold it into something so much different and so much better. I mean, you've, we've heard like the original version of Beth, and and what he helped do with that and helped sculpt and create that. Um, and then Peter could have still had. I mean, and I'm not saying Hope could have been the new the next Beth or anything like that. But I mean, you could have had, you know, Ezra take a song that Peter brought in and help mold it and turn it into something. A whole lot better, and you have Peter Chris singing a song that has Peter Chris's name on it, and not a song written by Paul Stanley for Peter Chris, which was a piece of crap anyway. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, that was just wrong. Alex, what are your thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I fully Fire. agree. I think no, I, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> with uh, with doing the album, I would have at least attempted to have had those four guys all do the songs, and obviously if. 
you know, because Kiss has done it through the history, you know, if, if they couldn't get the fuel, then, you know, that's when I think you could have supplementary drumming at that point. But at least give them the shot, especially Ace. I mean, Peter, I know there's, you know, the issues with his arms and stuff, but, you know, I, I think not having Ace on it, you know, on as many tracks, and he's, I mean, you hear him now, and, and he sounded great on the tour. He he clearly still has his chops and stuff, and you know, when you hear the live versions of like Psycho Circus or Within, and I think that why couldn't they play these songs? It's almost like the same question when you hear why Eric Carl wasn't on I on the Elder, but then you hear him play it on the Friday show, and you go, and he seems like he's got it right there. So I don't know what was going on in the studio, but. Um, yeah, I think that, and then like you said, Lonnie, with uh, with you know, I finally you know, with Peter Chris, sorry, with Hope and stuff, you know, we've heard the uh, not great version of was it Beck, and and we see what Bob Ezra was able to do with it, and I think you know that's part of that's the issue of having a producer, um, you know, I know like it's like it's like having a, a publisher when you when you're writing a book with you know, it's like going to the dentist, you know, they help polish it up, clean it. Take, you know, kind of drill out whatever needs to be taken out and, and make it look good. And so um, I think, you know, Bob Esmond could have done some magic with that. Yeah, Ken. Ken what? It's my turn. I went. <laughs> yeah. I interrupted. Yeah, sorry, sorry I, got, I got paged at work, so I'm multitasking. I so, understand that. So, so, so Lonnie, cover me. Uh, Lonnie, your thoughts? <laughs> no, it's all right. Lonnie's a pole of fire today anyway. So, you know, I think that um, I would have given Ace and Peter every opportunity to play the role they were supposed to play on the album. And, you know, they had just played on the entire reunion tour, well, except for one show for Peter. They had played the entire reunion tour. And the reunion tour was, at the time, the biggest grossing Kiss tour ever. I mean, Gene and Paul had to have seen the success that Okay, well, we went from playing half-empty arenas on the Revenge Tour to playing airport convention halls on the convention tour to back to playing sold-out arenas and and stadiums in in international markets. You know, I would have given Ace and Peter every opportunity to be on that album and make it what the fans wanted. And at the time, too, Gene and Paul were really touting that we're, you know, you know, for the fans. That was when they were really pumping that in your face, that, you know, we are here for the fans. This is what they want, so this is what we're going to do. And, I mean, that's, they even freaking say that on the piece of crap song, you won the best, we hear and we obey. Yeah. But, <laughs> and it, it, yeah, everybody kind of grunts when I mention that song. <laughs> but, you know, they, they were really pumping that in your face. So we are, we are, we are for the fans. We'll give the fans what they wanted, and th- that is what the fans wanted. Was Ace and Peter? We haven't got, we hadn't gotten it fully since '77. So, so give it to us. And if you have to take Peter to school, if you got to splice Peter's drum parts together, like Guns N' Roses did with Steven Adler on Civil War, so so be it. You know. That's what we. That's what the fans wanted, and like Julian said, and it was so freaking obvious the first time you heard it. Not, <laughs> well, not to what me. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was what not obvious to me when I when I first yeah, heard Psycho Circus. No, you thought it was Peter Chris. 
you know, I even I even looked at my review from 1998. I was like, you know, re- Peter did a really good job drumming on this album. You know, <laughs> you know and, and, and that's on, on the internet. You're better that's, than that. You know, that's, better than that, that. That's forever. So I I can I can never <laughs> escape from that one. And I'm not even going to try. You're better than that. Listen to that. I, I could not tell. I just I, you know. But and I think part of it though, I and mean, a lot of us wanted to believe that it, that mm-hmm. the rumors we were hearing weren't true. That no 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 they they wouldn't do that to us. Yeah, they would. They would. But they did. <laughs> so sad. But, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, I love the lineup today, but I, I love the original lineup. It's it's my favorite lineup. And I and it's not, and it's they didn't give me what I what I wanted. It was a, and obviously it was the last chance to have that. So. Could a real producer I would have, have I would have banned, I would have banned Tommy Thayer. If I'm the executive producer, and that's the, the theme of today's show, I would have banned Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer from the studio and said, this is how we're going to do it. Well, Eric, and, Kevin, and Kevin Valentine for that matter, too. Eric, yeah, Eric Singer, I don't think, was anywhere near. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was born with Alice Cooper. Kevin Valentine. Sorry. Wasn't he pretty pissed at the time, too? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so, so could a real producer have put Gene and Paul in their place and say, hey, you really have to, Would you know, you really have to let Ace and Peter play on this album. I don't care if they're pissing you off. I don't care if business is a problem. Sort that out later. Get them in here now or get Peter and Ace in on their own and, and work with them. Could a could Realistically, could a producer have done that? Or is it simply a matter that Gene and Paul are the bosses and no producer has the cojones to say that to them. I mean, after all, they're getting paid by the KISS organization, which did not include Ace and Peter at the time. Should they have put their foot down and said, I'm, you know, either you fix this or I'm walking? Londa, you look ready to burst. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. You hit it right on the head. Because you could say either, either we do this my way or I'm walking, they'd say, well, see you later. Bye. You know what I mean? You, you hit, you you nailed it, Julian, because that's that's exactly. I mean, do you, whether you sometimes sometimes if you're at work and your boss says this is the way we're going to do things and you don't agree with it at all, but you know if you speak up that either you're going to get reprimanded or you're going to get fired or demoted and say no, you know that's that's not ethical. We can't do something like that. Well, you kind of suck it up and just kind of go with it, even though even if you don't agree with it. And that's just the way the world works, unfortunately. But yeah, and it didn't work it, out very well at yeah. Nuremberg either. So <laughs> I don't know. I think I think they could have. I could have a different producer than uh, Fairburn. Um, could have done that because from what Paul Stanley has said about you know that Gene Simmons was up his you know what. Um, you know, brown nosing him a lot and stuff, and um, I still think that Paul would have been okay. To, to tell you the truth, with uh, four of them, they got in the studio. They they were able to do at least one song altogether. Why not the rest? And I think Kramer should have. If it was Kramer, he should have. You know, got he would have gotten all four guys to play together. Whether. By, I think Kramer would have gotten Ace more involved for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. You know um, what I mean? I definitely. think if you had Kramer, I think you would have had a much stronger Ace presence on the record. Yeah. No, we don't no. know how. 
Peter Chris's skills were at that time and how, you know, his arthritis and all that stuff is at that time and how good or bad. I mean, he seemed to do good, good for the, the one song, what into the void. Um, so I think he, he should have, you know, he should have been on the rest of it. And I think a producer could have done it. Uh, you know, there's some producers who will, will talk your band into it. They, they're very convincing saying, you know, if you do this, you're going to make it all a disjointed album with all these different musicians on it. And it's, it's just not going to work. Um, so I would, I would hope that someone, a producer could have done it. Alex, I think, yeah, I think expectations should have been set with the producer, um, and the sense of a producer going like, okay. Um, and obviously having somebody, you got to have somebody you trust. And I think that's why if you had Kramer or Ezrin, um, I'm not saying Paul didn't trust Bruce, but I mean, you, you hear the stuff where Paul would go back in and switch stuff around or whatnot. Um, but I think it's have had somebody as they trusted. And then at the same time, like I said, have the expectation set with the producer and the band, you know, with the producer going like, okay, you guys have me here as the producer of the album. Um, you know, so I'm here to make the best album. You guys are working in a sense for me. Let's make the album. You know, obviously I want to hear your input, but you know, if you guys have me as the producer and stuff, have faith in me that we're going to make it sound the way it's supposed to sound. And I mean, obviously at the end of the day, you know, Kiss would be able to go like, no, we don't like how it sounded. But I think expectations were set between proper, you know, band with the producer. Because you hear the story like when Bob Ezrin came in during Destroyer and, you know, the whistle, let's go to work campers kind of a thing. And uh, I, I think, you know, they should have almost kind of had that mentality. I think, yeah. I think, you know, that's probably one of the greatest things. I think they needed that mentality. They needed the camp director again, especially with Ace and Peter. And, and maybe Ezrin could have, you know, brought Gene and Paul back to kind of reality of trying to make things work as a unit again. Remember what Bob did with the band on Destroy? He got Peter to rise far, far above where he had been as a drummer. Um, I don't think he did the same with Ace. I don't think he had the patience with Ace because he he had his Steve Hunters and his you know Dick Wagner's you know which are you know just his his guns that he can go to directly you know if he's got a problem with the guitarist. But he he really did a lot for the band. He stretched Gene. He stretched Paul in the songwriting department. He really challenged them, and he was a natural editor for all of their material. Yeah, but I think at the same time I think. Egos between 76 and 98 had grown so much that I don't think Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley is going to put up with someone blowing a whistle and say, let's go to work campers by 1998. You know, I, I think that, you know, and especially coming off the tour that they had just come off of, they, Gene and Paul were going to be the ones calling, calling the shots and not, and not Bob Ezra, unfortunately. And I, and I think that's really the downfall of the album. Yeah, I think as an executive producer, you have to make the calls that if you're not directly producing the album, I I still don't get why Fairburn was ever in the picture other than his relationship with Doc McGee. He's just not anyone who I would have ever thought. I, I don't think anyone would have ever suggested him to produce a Kiss record when when we go back to 1997, 98, when the album's coming out. Yeah, the first name that comes off, yeah, we want it to be like Bon Jovi. No, just like everyone did here, 
Eddie Kramer, number one. Bob Ezrin, number two. Michael James Jackson, number three. You're probably going to work your way back down the list of producers who have worked with the band previously who did good work. And there you have it, basically, because mm-hmm. no one's going to bring up Vinny Poncia. No one's going to bring up uh, Nevis. Alex, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when Black Sabbath recorded that album a couple years ago, the producer sat down with them, and you've probably heard this story, that, and they made them listen to those original albums and say, this is what you guys sounded like. And this is what you guys need to sound like. And Cycle Circus sounds nothing like the first six Kiss records. And like Ken was saying, that's what we wanted was those something that sounded like those first Kiss, those first Kiss, those first six Kiss records. And we didn't get that. And if, if I was an executive producer, that's what I would have done. Say, listen to these six albums. Listen to them on repeat over and over and over and over again. And listen to how they sound. And this is what your new album has to sound like. Hey, Lonnie, is someone doing Netflix on your Wi-Fi connection? Your video is no, hard. Is horrible. my video horrible? Yeah. Is my wife doing Netflix in the other room? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but, but, but I will say that I think Psycho Circus does have one of the elements of the classic six. And that is obviously the intro to Psycho Circus, the song, and the fade out of Journey of a Thousand Years, where they yeah. ta- they they rip a book, the poor man's Bob Ezrin, of tying the album together in a really chintzy kind of way. I mean, it, it's so transparent; it's almost laughable when you think of, you know, everything that Bob Ezrin kind of did back in his heyday. And I, I've, I've just been listening to some other albums. I mean, Billion Dollar Babies. I've been listening to. Been listening to Amazon Beach by the Kings, and how you know it's got the the typical Bob Ezrin, you know, motorcycle intro going into the song <laughs> instead of the car. I was just like sitting there going, "Oh shit, really?" You know, I, I didn't know that had become like the play. But Psycho Circus is the poor man's version of that, which. There should have been, listen to these albums, like Lonnie said, and then, Gene, don't you dare come to me with Within, or You Wanted the Best. Right. I mean, or We Are One. Or We Are One. It's from Kind of Souls or whatever. So. Yeah, or and, and when we get into the additional material that they did record, I mean, Carnival of Souls, I mean, really? I Want to Rule the World. Classic Kiss, and mm. that's your kind of material that you're going to bring body and soul <laughs> you know the only classic song in there is of course it's my life really because it was the you one, hate that the, it's it's the one song that should have been a classic that never was and you hate that version <laughs> well yeah but it's not yeah, sounds good <laughs> a, a different producer could have, right. you know, done a good job with like a Michael producer. James Jackson, yeah. which uh, you know Alex had brought up. Nice a- Alex, yes. What do you think? I mean, I, I mean, I'm like with you guys. I think you know um, the style, and you know, having, uh, you know, having the producer do his homework and stuff. They, they really should have done the homework. They should have done the studying. Um, I mean, heck, if I had been Kiss, I would have called Bomb, Eddie, um, 
you know, Michael James Jackson and whatnot, and have them each do a demo. Have them have the band come in, do the same flipping song, have them mix it and see which one sounded better, and go, okay, we're going to go with this guy. We like the way it's sounding there, and uh, you know, again, they've captured that feel. I mean, you know, I think we might be stressing it a little bit too much, but you know, 1996, you know, 97, 98 when the album comes out, so we'll say 97. 20 years, 1977, you know, 20 years capturing that hype and stuff. And, um, you know, uh, Lonnie, I think you mentioned a few songs you weren't too fans of with the Psycho Circus. I mean, obviously I had to keep some of the songs there, but... Put on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just one of those... Um, they have potential. Um, and... I, you know, when we get to the songs and stuff, you know, Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll, Into the Void, you know, kick a awesome songs, you know, why, you know, and then, you know, to get in the crap, having somebody say, yeah, Gene, no, you're one of the best, you know, no, no, that's not your best, get, get it out of here and stuff. That was not a good song, so, I mean, I, you know, I guess to go with you guys, you know, having somebody do the homework to get the sound. Yeah, so, so here's what I would have done as the producer. I would have said... All of you bring me three songs, and then to Gene and Paul, bring me six, you know, so that Ace and Peter didn't hear that. <laughs> and from those 18 songs... Then you whittle it down. Record them all. And then what you do is say, Peter, I think your voice would sound better than Gene's on this song. Uh, come in and do a vocal take for me. No, man, I don't want to. No, come on, Peter, I think you're going to sound better. Oh, okay. You know, you, you got to work with these guys. And again, we don't have to be realistic. Because we know this shit would never happen because we're talking about Kiss. But that's what I would do. I would have had them record 18 songs. I would have had them do three of Peter's, three of of Ace's. And I would have had Ace and Peter both doing vocals on Gene and Paul songs or where their voice would have worked better. And either have done it as duets or have used them prominently in the background or given them the songs if they really were better suited. And then you go in and present all these songs when they're mixed and you've got roughs of them all and say, hey, okay, here's the 18 songs. You know, let's sit down and listen. All right, well, I really like, you know, such and such a song, you know, Paul, but I think it sounds better with Peter. Remember how Hard Luck Woman, you gave that to Peter to sound because, you know, and stroke him a bit and say, you know, I think his voice, you know, and play it for him. Obviously, because he is the boss, he's going to say, no, Peter's not singing any of my fucking songs. If all he can bring is hope, that's his problem. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things. But that's what I would have done as a producer. And, and I don't know how realistic it is, especially with all the, the politics as we've talked about. But I would have had just Peter doing vocal takes of other songs just to have a different perspective on that material. The problem, which we've kind of mentioned with Psycho Circus, is the material, is so much of it is lackluster or contrived or forced, mm -hmm. and even the additional material that you can now um, get out on YouTube, like The Body and Soul, You Are Mine, Sweet and Dirty, Carnival Souls, Rain Keeps Falling, I want to rule the world. Out of all that stuff, I'm going to go out there and say I want to rule the world is the only song that I would have really preferred to be on the album than any really? one, one of the songs. You know, it's it's my life. Yeah, okay, that's a given. I've already said I like it, but Body and Soul, you can see why it wasn't used. It's crap. Mm -hmm. You Are Mine, well, it's kind of 
uninspired, like a lot of Gene's stuff on there. What I find most disappointing about Psycho Circus is how uninspired it was and how the producer failed in his role of inspiring the band and saying, I'm sorry, these simply are not good enough. You look at the, some of the documentation that exists for the album, and Bob has his, and, 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 no, sorry, Bruce Fairburn has his uh, A, B, and C list, you know, and it's just not much to choose from. It's like they deliberately did not bring much or weren't willing to throw a lot of material. And we know Paul doesn't like his material not to get used. And that seems to be the problem. Did well, Bruce fail in his task of getting the band inspired? And would could you do a better job of that? Ken? Yeah, like you, like you, uh, Julian, you said bringing 18 songs. I had written down, actually wrote down some things on the on paper. I said, uh, ask each member to have five songs, uh, to bring in five songs each in demo form. And then uh, I even said, you know, uh, meet the studio of all four members. Uh, uh, and then the other thing about it is uh, recording these things as live as possible to get the real Kiss sound. Um, I mean, that's, you know, do it live in the studio. Don't do a bunch of, you know, separate takes and things. Try to record live as a band um, to get that sound. Um, and I said for the producer, I have final say of what songs appear on the record. Um, but uh, even if those songs were no good, um, we know the songs that <laughs> were, were and were not on the, on the uh, album that were recorded. Um, they had better material to choose from. Jeez, Gene, Gene's written a million songs and demos and has millions of demos. Um, and then even the songs going back to songs like Smoke um, and and some other ones from the past that Paul has written. Um, what's that other song he, he played recently unplugged on, on the... Uh, Mistake. Mistake. Mistake, yeah. I mean, come on. Jeez, that would have been great. Um, yeah. You know, bring the old. They had the old feel. Um, and that's what a, a lot of it is, is that feel. I think they lost that feel, um, that feel you have when you're a young person and, and writing. Uh, it changes over, over time. You get older, you lose that. It's all it's emotion and things have changed. Now you have had success and so on. Uh, they had they had a wealth of material to choose from. And like you mentioned also, uh, Julian, about Van Halen. Yes, they should have done something like Van Halen did and went back and used some of those old, went back to those old demos uh, like Van Halen did, um, like She's the Woman that uh, Van Halen used. That was even from, I think, a Gene Simmons demo. So, yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, these songs, the Circus album was all disjointed because you had different styles on there. You had the Destroyer style of um, you know, Psycho Circus and maybe a Journey of a Thousand Years, which I love. I love both of those songs, but they're it's they're totally different from you know. Uh, you wanted the best and you got the best, and we are one, and and other songs. It's it's very disjointed for an album that's supposed to be some kind of concept album. So yeah, they should have went back and grabbed a bunch of old good demos and brought them in and then the producer can pick those 
I'm looking Invented, at I'm looking at a list things. here of Gene stuff from. It looks like it's January '97, and he's got "You Wanted the Best," "It's My Life," "Within," "I Want to Rule the World," "I Am Yours," "You Are Mine," uh, "Rain Keeps Falling," "Carnival of Souls," "I Only Come Out at Night," "Sweet and Dirty," "Psycho Circus," "Body and Soul," "I Finally Found You." Um, I can't read that next one. And I had a dream. Oh my yeah. God! I had a dream. Imagine, oh. imagine Kiss doing that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just. It's just cringe-worthy on so many levels that no one ever, I, I guess, got through to them and said that, you know, you can do better. Alex, what would you do to make them do what they really ought to have done? You know, they're, you know they're their own worst enemies in so many ways, each of them, not any oh, yeah. particular one, all of them. Oh, yeah, I am. Um... I mean, I really think, you know, I would have had no shame looking back at some of the back demos we might they might not have used, um, throwing it out there. And then, like, I like what you said, you know, go in, you know, record a, uh, 18 songs, do some different takes with it. I think there was an interview that said, like, when Kiss was doing I Walk Alone, I think they mentioned, like, Gene did a, ver you know, he does a version with Gene where he did the vocal on, and I think Paul did a vocal on it, too, maybe. Um, you know, besides keeping with Bruce um, and, and having Bruce do it and stuff, because Bruce kind of, I think the story for like I Walk Alone was like Bruce kind of did like the demo tape and stuff, but he wasn't really expecting to be singing on the track, um, and they ended up keeping him on it. Um, same concept, you know, I mean, um, I would have gone through and, like I said, just, you know, different ones, just to see how it sounds and just, you know, say to the guys, like, look, you know, um, don't worry about the royalty aspect of it or stuff like that. You know, I almost kind of wish he would have said, like, okay, if we're doing a reunion album, y'all are going to get equal share on the tracks. It's just, you know, stop the arguing and stuff. Y'all are going to get an equal portion of the, of the, of the shares on the track uh, for royalties and stuff. Um, just to keep that whole argument out and stuff and just try to just do the album you know like like Lonnie mentioned the whole you know we're doing this for the fans and uh you know but then but then they didn't do it for the fans and, and it's disappointing they didn't do it for the fans and um they had the potential I mean I think I think it's really if you were to sum up uh, the whole Psycho Circus they had the potential they didn't use it could, but, that, uh, like, could that have helped because that's actually a pretty good idea to have just credited each of the songs to Kiss I think so. I think I would have just, you know, however they've done the contract and stuff, going like, look, Peter, you guys are going to get whatever we're paying you salaried right now. That's what you get. This album and stuff, everybody's going to get an equal cut of it. I, and I'm sure there's ways to go. Everybody gets an equal cut of the album up until, you know, maybe say up to 2 million sales. And then after 2 million sales worldwide or whatnot, we'll, uh, or U.S., we'll, um, we'll then uh, attribute it to who the primary songwriter is. And, you know, because they can organize whose, you know, name goes first for each song and stuff, you know, for who's the primary person. Um, but I, I think that would have, I don't know, would have taken a lot away, a lot of um, unwarranted stress. Yeah, I'm looking at Bruce's A-list here. Number one song, <laughs> We Are One. <laughs> and I think that just sums it up, you know, because number one, they were not one. They never were one. 
and I like Gene's notes on the side to perform live. You wanted the best, sweet and dirty, and it's my life. Hell, yes, yes, and yes, and all three of those would have been better than having to ever hear Within live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Lonnie, the same question goes to you. You know, I agree, and that was some of the notes I'd written down, was that I wish they would have done something like Van Halen did also, and that's go back and look at those demos and use those as a basic structure at least. I'm not I'm not saying just release those demos as the new KISS album, but use those demos and use those chord progressions or use those melodies as a structure for what we want this to be. Can you because we've talked about it before, can you write the same song in your forties that you're that you would have written in your 20s? No, you probably can't. But you know what you can do is you can go back and look at an idea that you had in your 20s and develop it into something that you can use in 1998. And Van Halen did that very successfully with their album that they put out. Is that album, does that album to me stand up to the other Van Halen albums? No, probably not. But it stands up better to me than what Psycho Circus does to rock and roll over. Right, and then what about so, Black Sabbath, dude? Does their album... I love 13. I love 13. Did that methodology I mean, work? I, I I think 13 stands up really very well to those classic Black Sabbath albums, especially the later Black Sabbath albums, like... like um, Telling myself for that I can't see, they're so forgettable. You don't remember <laughs> exactly. See, I, they're so forgettable. I don't listen to them. But um, what is it called? But anyway, I'm just, gonna, I, I'm just gonna technical. Let you, let you keep drowning. I'm not even gonna throw you. I, I just want to throw technical another, ecstasy. Yeah, I, that's it. I just want to throw another name. Um, he did a great job, and he did, went back and decided to do a rock album. Was uh, Todd Rundgren when he came out with the Arena album, um, and I think I remember like reading some press like he had went back and listened to the classic rock albums that he grew up loving and stuff and, and listening to, and then came and did an album. So, you know, I, I think another name and hat, uh, hat, but just that methodology I guess that he used. You know, even with with Kiss, I would have said, all right, you guys, you need to go as the band too. You guys need to go listen to your earlier albums. You know. And I'd say, say to Peter and Gene, like, you know what? Go listen to Paul and Ace's solo album from 78, because look at how they sound. Yeah, and that, that, I think, would have been a great thing for a producer to be a cheerleader, to inspire the band, to actually have sat the four members of the band down and played selected tracks off off the original albums and been a real say, this is Kiss, this is Peter Chris on drums, you know, really g him up and you know sing his praises to the the other guys in the band and then to play songs from the classic albums that inspired them because they've said enough about what their inspiration is you know play some free play some zeppelin and you know play some aerosmith play some cheap trick play some contemporary stuff and and say this is the stuff that was going on this is the stuff that inspired you throw on some who and says now let's go make some music gene Put away those 800 demos because they are really not very good. You know, <laughs> Paul, you're not on the right track here. You know, put away Diane Warren's phone number, please. You know, ho- leave Holly Knight alone. And don't you dare call Desmond. You know, it, it's... 
It's you guys can do better. So you guys can do this. But again, it comes back to what Paul and Gene put up as someone at that stage in their career, coming down from the ego trip of a highly successful reunion. Would would there ever have been a role for an executive producer to say, Gene, that's crap, get it out? It's not worthy of being anywhere near the KISS logo. How dare you denigrate it in such a way? And that's the problem. That producer wouldn't have seen 5 o'clock in the afternoon if somebody would have came out and told you and Paul that at that point. They would have been out the door. And and and, th- and that's the biggest problem in itself. And that's why Paul Stanley has been the producer of the later two KISS albums because they don't want to listen to criticism from anyone else that it's my way and this is what I think a KISS album should sound like and this is what a KISS album should be like. And I think that that's why Psycho Circus suffers because they, I think, like Bruce and was afraid to speak up to do something. And I think Bruce got into it with them. It's been documented. Bruce and Paul got into it that, you know, this may be your first Kiss record, but it's not my first Kiss record. We've heard that quote before. So, And maybe I, that's and the I, problem, Paul. That It's not your first Kiss record, and you're not mm-hmm. inspired by it. It's going to work for you. It's mm-hmm. your job. It's what you've done. It's what you can do in your sleep. You know, and, and it's really sad because we they were of capable body to do an album, all four of them at that time, because they just got off of a major tour and then they just went on another tour. You know, Ace and Peter were very capable at the time of, of, of making a, a Kiss album. And now, you know, that ship has sailed. Whether, you know, and I, and I know I know that Ace and Peter aren't, aren't in the band, but, you know, that ship is sealed as far as making a, a, a Kiss record with all four original members. That was the one chance we had of it. And we got, it was marketed as, but it, it obviously wasn't. You've, you've mentioned uh, Van Halen and the connection with that, and I, I don't really want to go too deeply into that side of the topic. But one, th- one connection that is worthy mentioning is Ted Templeman. He, of course, produced another very famous and vastly underrated, in my opinion, underrated album Aerosmith done with mirrors 1985 getting those that band and those egos back in the studio and actually putting together what I mean anyone who disagrees with me go on listen to it and then compare it to everything that came after that was produced by um, um, let's see who was a producer Oh, Bruce Fairburn oh um, that's right <laughs> mm, yeah uh, who did pump um, Bruce uh, Bruce Fairburn uh, who did get a grip um, Bruce Fer- okay, all right. So compare it done with mirrors to those three abominations that come afterwards. And yeah, they've got some good songs on them, but you're on the downward slope for Aerosmith. I mean, but it's not Aerosmith. You know, Aerosmith became Bon Jovi, and out Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi, yeah. by going for the MTV exposure, and they did it perfectly. More power to them. They sold millions more mm-hmm. as a reform band, and you get this one reunion album that Templeman put together. You know, he almost would be a good one to suggest instead of going to Kramer, who had only worked with Kiss, you know, as things were kind of declining, as he had had experience working with, well, Van Halen, he'd been there and worked with those egos, David Lee Roth versus Eddie and his symbiotic brother. Um, so 
again, I think ego is the big stopping point that kills any of the fantasy of how could an executive producer have made the whole Psycho Circus project better. I also think that what would have been better is, like we've all suggested, recording a whole lot of songs and saving half for a second album. You know, you, you put out 10 or 12 on one album, and then you've got a backup cache that you can use for b-sides like they did in your face i i, I just think it would have been better. soundtracks things like that yeah I, I think it would have been great for them to actually record more than they needed and actually use the material in other places they had chances in 99 to get on like i think the power rangers i mean god help us but um they could at the time though I, I, if, was, I was into the power rangers as a kid and i think they used a red hot i was like seven man you know uh lonnie quit making fun of me man um <laughs> But I remember, I think they used the Red Hot Chili Pepper song when they did the Power Rangers movie. They had like a Red Hot Chili Pepper song in the beginning and stuff. But, I mean, it could have been a Kiss song right there. That could have been an introduction to a whole new generation. So, Lonnie's like... Sorry, Alex. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> well, I guess the Power Rangers did have their own color scheme, just it, like the Teletubbies. <laughs> just like Kiss? <laughs> Yeah, but like, right. that, but that is actually cool. But you know, the Teletubbies and Power Rangers, well, to each their own, shall we say? So, did Kiss kind of blow it in leaving it too late by waiting until early 1998? They'd been off the road six months before they hit the studio. Did they kill any impetus or anything, Alex? I think so. I think. They should have had something. I mean, I know they did it. You wanted the best. You got the best. But, I mean, if anything, a single when um, the farewell, or I mean, not the farewell, uh, but when the reunion tour started, a single or a live EP of a few songs. I mean, I know that the live EP kind of killed the Fraley's Comet vibe, I guess. But I think a live EP um, with the same production quality of those three Life Psycho Circus tracks and oh, the five tracks that are on that extended version of the Psycho Circus, you know what I'm talking about? I think they're like recorded from Indiana. Like right. that, that sounds excellent. I think an EP like that with a new track would have been awesome um, to, to you know get out there and stuff during the farewell tour. And, and it could have had that just been a, uh, a tour exclusive. You know, you could pick it up at the concert. And stuff, and I think they could have, uh, you know, had something. You know, back in the day when you could get away with including an album with a ticket price and it counting towards your sales, right? Soundscan, mm -hmm. guaranteed mm -hmm. platinum albums, which you, which you probably could have got. But I, I think you go one step back from that, and it would have been a better idea to have gotten the band in the studio before they even hit the road in '96, mm -hmm. while they're rehearsing, get them writing. Get them recording, you know, an EP or some or some tracks, and have them working with a producer who's then going to do a full album with them after the first run of the tour is done, because it was always a five-year deal, regardless of what you know later occurred. So get them in there. I mean, it'd be like Killers all over again. Four new tracks, put it on a greatest hit instead of re-recording the vocal. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, shit, they did do the vocal work for. You know, you wanted the best. Yeah. You could easily have. We're already in the studio. Yeah. So, you know, knock out some tracks, even if it's just, okay, Ace, what you got? Okay. That sounds kiss like enough. Peter. Yeah. And, and even if it's, you know, I understand that when the reunion tour first happened, those first leg shows in the U.S., 
people wanted to hear those classic 70s Kiss songs, you know, and they didn't play anything newer than I Was Made For Loving You is the newest song that they played. But, you know, maybe by the first of the year, 97, something like that, then that album, like, like when Greatest Kiss came out in April of 97, instead of having Shattered Out Loud, I mean, and Grant, they were, instead of having that Shattered Out Loud version from Detroit on there as the one, like, incentive for you to go out and grab it because it was a different version of everything else that you already had, have a new track or two on there that they, maybe they had already cut prior to going out on tour while they're in the studio rehearsing. And I think that maybe gotten the juices slowing a little bit faster, maybe, you know, better material. So I think, a good, I think that's an excellent point. I think I, I like that idea. I wish I'd have thought of it. Greatest uh, guess, because, yeah. of course, I came out in November in 96 in most other yeah. markets. April so, here, but I guess, yeah. In, yeah, in if, if they've done, done a combined one. Other markets, yeah. You know, they oh. could have had a monster Christmas-selling album. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, Back back when they were gonna, they announced the reunion tour, and uh, you know they first showed up on the Grammys and so on. I was like, okay, we're gonna get a new Kiss album. That's what I thought. I thought we were gonna get some new music uh, before they went out on tour, because um, that's the way it usually it worked. There was always they were always promoting, you know, album tour, album tour, album tour. Um, so I was expecting that, and I was hoping for it, and why it took so long, you know, well, it's a couple of years, but it took so long to, to get this new, any new kind of new material, man, I would have loved to have something new. Um, like I said, maybe uh, the greatest hits kind of thing with, you know, you know one song of each guy lead singing. Um, each of them have one song and, uh, throw that on there and, and promote the heck out of it and call it, call it the reunion kiss reunion album or whatever. You could call it whatever you want. Yeah, call and, it Greatest Kiss and just do a different color outline for each logo with the band's me- with the band colors member. So you have to buy all you get geeks like excellent. us like four oh, yeah, this, which, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> See, they could have they could have made even more money. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. Guitar picks, you know. <laughs> they should have had. They should have recorded something before that. I mean, I always thought that. I always wanted that, and always thought that, and they, they missed the boat on that one. Yeah, it should have been part of the whole equation from day one that we will be doing a reunion album and have the producer or executive producer, as we've uh, posited here, you know, in place beforehand and said, guys, while you're on the road, get writing. So... Peter can write a whole bunch of songs about how sore his arms are. You know, Ace can write a whole bunch of songs about what bastards Gene and Paul are. Keeping and, me off the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> they're, no, they're no fun. No, no fun. Um, and, and Paul can sing about alfalfa or whatever, you know, floated his boat on that tour. You know, but r- riding on the road, at least they would have. It, it just seems that they, they didn't do any of that. And maybe no. they couldn't, you know, when you're staying in five-star hotels, flying on a private jet, you know, you're just not going to be able to, okay. The juices aren't flowing. Okay, time to write. No, no, no. I, I can't. My caviar's arriving. Exactly. Yep. So possible track listing? Maybe. Mm. Track my arms are tired. Uh, got the munchies. I've got my track listing. <laughs> Well, You're track listing for what? I guess sure. If I was there, been the producer for Psycho Circus. Well, let's hear okay. it. Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, real quick, uh, I'll, I'll throw this. I like the um, 
I don't know, is it unmixed? Is that what we'd call those those versions of the Psycho Circus tracks that ended up being on the album, but on the album versions? Do you know what I'm talking about, Julian? No idea what you're talking about. Are they about. demo versions? Or? They're not demo versions. Like, I want to rule the world? And like that? They're alternative takes Alter- and okay, alternative so. mixes okay. and works in progress, I expect. I okay. have no I just idea. Will sh- I will just show what you want to call those. Harry. But I, I guess I did my version. Why? Uh, I figured since I was the executive producer, I'd do a new track sequence. Okay. And uh, I started. I start with Psycho Circus, but like I said, I like the um, the alternative take on that. And then I like Within, and I, and I like the alternative take on that one. I know you guys might beg to differ, but I I, I like the the mix they had, and then Pledge of Allegiance, uh, you know, to the state of rock and roll. And then I would add It's My Life right after that. And then I've done Into the Void. Um, I like the other solo version on. Yeah, yeah, not the one that's on the box set, but the other alternative version of It's My Life is a killer version. YouTube it, guys. Um, I, I wasn't a big hater of We Are Once. I kept it on there. Um, that one's going to be swapped down. Um, I Want to Rule the World. I actually like that one. So, you know, it's my life, and I want to rule the world from, like, those outtakes. Um, and then Raise Your Glasses, Finally Found My Way. But that one, I'd keep the one that was on the album. Nothing against all the extra horns that were on that alternative take version. I just, it didn't really flow too much with the horns. Um, and then Dreaming, uh, with the actual lyrics, because I think the alternative one doesn't have a verse to it. It's just an instrumental. They didn't like sing the verse. And then Journey of a Thousand Years. So, you know, I really kind of kept the basic sequence through in two songs. I got rid of You One of the Best because that's just horrendous. I'm sorry, Gene. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. That's a horrendous track. Yeah. And, uh, no, deal no apologies. With it. Yeah, deal yeah. with it. Um, and obviously, like I said, it's my idea. I would have been really big with having the original lineup. Um, I've got nothing against if they needed supplementary playing with Kevin Valentine or Tommy Thayer if they couldn't get it out of Ace and Peter, but that's only like a, if they couldn't get it out of it. And I will say, I think it would have been fun if they were in a good mood. I didn't know really the feelings, but I really like Pledge of Leaders to the State of Rock and Roll, and I think it just would have been a fun track to have had Bruce and Eric on um, as well. But just, uh, I don't know, I thought like a, a cool close, just a good rock and roll song and stuff, and I just thought it would have been like a fun, just have them guest on it and stuff, almost like a, well, a good Bruce, Bruce probably is on it. Yeah. What song do you want Bruce and Eric on? Pledge Allegiance to the State. Um, I just I, I could just picture almost you know hearing like Eric and Peter you know having good vocals in the background and stuff. Um, you know, I, having... I, I think Eric might have like shoved Peter down a flight of stairs at that point. In time. <laughs> true, true, true. But uh, but yeah, there's just that was just one song. Never, never do songs with such long titles. I mean, can you imagine sitting in the audience? Hey man, play I Pledge Allegiance to the State. Rock and roll. lost. Yeah, no, it's such a long uh, title, but I thought that song would have been like a fun one to maybe had some, uh, you know, have them kind of guest. I, I think just, you know, because Kiss is always kind of about giving that story of making, you know, giving you the feels and feel good stuff, and I think that would have been kind of a cool feel good. Like, oh, hey, check out this track's got like the original lineup, but then they got Bruce and Eric, and there's like a, a dual solo by Ace and Bruce. That's kind of cool. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, Shaken Sharpshooter with a dual guitar solo, because obviously Ace did do something with that later. You know, Hope, sung by someone else, um, written by someone else. (laughs) A different song called Hope. Hey, I I brought you a song called Hope. Okay, let me rework that for you. Throw it away and I'll write a different song. Here you go. Okay, Peter, here's a song called Hope. You're going to be singing this. It's in the key of life. (laughs) 
But there's um, no, the word hope is not even in the song. Exactly. We'll still give you a writing. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a writing credit. Just go with it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when we get down to the the only songs I really have a big problem with on what was actually released are You Wanted the Best and Within everything and i guess i finally found my way but um, yeah don't don't tell andrew skip batty though andrew hates that one <laughs> I, I finally found my way is dreadful i i don't think you can actually put that next to hope and say which one is better mm. they're they're so far you know out out of there but you wanted the best is just a shit sandwich of you know <laughs> being contrived I, did you guys ever hear that on the radio i heard it on the radio even I just, mm. I always hated the little. Uh, I couldn't little... believe it. I was like, "Well, they they released. They tried it. to make that a single. Yeah, they tried to make a single, and that's the other thing is I wouldn't even. I mean, Psycho Circus was a single. I would have, you know, uh, what's the other one? Um, Raise your glasses. I mean, could have been a single, something like that. Uh, but these other songs, you know, I would have definitely like like Alex put stuff, moved stuff around, got rid of stuff. I mean, Journey of a Thousand Years, which I love, mm-hmm. I think should have added one more verse. It always, to me, it always seemed like it should have had one more verse in it. And then the other thing about it is I would have moved it, yes, to the end of the album, which ties in to the beginning of the album with Psycho Circus. Um, kind of puts it all together. But, yeah, some of these other songs, like You Wanted the Best, Finally Found My Way, um, man, replace those uh, with yeah. the... There's a lot better out there. That they yeah, I, I could easily switch You Wanted the Best with I Want to Rule the World. Or It's My Life. Either one of those. Yeah, it's my you know, if, if you're going Gene for Gene, then I Want to Rule the World. Way better song. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Sweet and Dirty. I would yeah. say the one thing I've always liked with I Finally Found My Way, I do like the um, the dual vocal of Paul and Peter. It's the worst part. It's awful. <laughs> I, I like it, Lonnie. <laughs> Lonnie, we we have different ah. music. You know that you make fun of me. The I other know we do. Like, <laughs> you know, that's the worst part. That's that's the sound of a car crashing. Thank you, Julian. <laughs> when it comes on, oh. or or music, music <laughs> to crash your car to, to you know the, 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 the Motley Crue box set. You know, you hear that? <laughs> exactly. No, the, no, 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 uh, no. Just... <laughs> You're in the minority there. Hey, that's all right, man. I'm a minority of <laughs> Sorry, Alex. That's okay. <laughs> I, I I disagree, but only mildly. <laughs> hey, I got a mildly from Julian on so take that. No, I, I don't agree. I don't disagree uh, mildly. Right. <laughs> Let, let's wrap this up. Any any last thoughts? I guess. Um, would being the executive producer of Psycho Circus, I mean, uh, you'd have to be a psycho executive, I think, in order to get them to work as a team to work realistically within their boundaries to define any boundaries would it be a lost cause it was it something that kiss would just simply have been incapable of doing so is psycho circus you know the only thing we could get out of them could anyone have gotten better lonnie i don't know i don't know if anyone could have gotten anything better at that point and still have a job and, and exactly, and still have a job. You know, I think we we all said at the beginning that Eddie Kramer should have been the producer on the album. But could Eddie Kramer have survived the egos, that all four egos that were in the room? Maybe not necessarily all at the same time. But 
could he have gotten around all four of those egos after they just came off the biggest tour of the year and reclaimed their spot um, on top of the rock and roll pyramid? I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'd like to think that there was something more in them that could have been better. But I think with the egos that were at stake and outside voices coming to play a more dominant role in all four and all and not just Ace and Peter, but in all four of them saying, You're the reason, you're the reason. Um I don't think it could have been much better at that point, unfortunately. I much as I would have liked it to be, and as much as like I said at the beginning, as much as I had hoped for it to be. Um unfortunately I think that at the end of the day Kiss broke up. I mean, not broke up, but the original lineup disbanded because egos were out of control. And come '98, they were they were in the same situation again. So, unfortunately, I don't think had Eddie Kramer been involved, I think it could have been a little better. But I don't know how much better. Unfortunately, Alex, I think I'm um, kind of like Lonnie, the same. You know, I don't know. Um, you know, what it should have could us, but um, I think if Doc McGee and you know obviously the producer but if doc you know sat down was like okay guys you know do you guys want to have a good comeback album do you guys want to make money do you want to you know capture the old fans and get new fans and stuff you know we're gonna we're gonna have to play a little my way but i think we've got potential and i think they could have i do think there could have been but it would have you know it would have been like look gene paul you know and obviously ace and peter um you got to put your egos aside a little bit and stuff. I mean, obviously, I'll listen because I'm your manager. I'll listen to what you guys have to say and uh, and try to make a good decision on it. But, you know, if you guys are trying to capture what you had in the 70s, um, you guys are going to have to give a little. But, uh, you know, I, I think if they gave a little, uh, they would have received a lot in the end. You know, thank you for bringing Doc back up because if Doc ever writes – his autobiography and mm-hmm. i hope he does with he's the experience that he does i want a very detailed chapter on psycho circus doc i really want you to know to let us know what your position was during that era and the recording of the album because obviously bruce came through you or and that's the assumption that uh, you know we've kind of been led to believe uh, I, I would also like to know if your role as a, as a manager was so clearly defined that you were just basically there or whether you were allowed to have input. You know, I just love to know what the relationship with Gene and Paul was for the reunion and particularly the reunion album and how doc facilitated when he had to deal with Ace's manager, Peter's manager. So you can just see the politics involved in that, you know, but I I think it'd be a, a make for fascinating reading if he's, even able to write about it or whether he's signed some arrangement with Gene and Paul that he'll never, you know, talk about that, that detail. But I, I think it would be really fascinating in particular to get Doc's side of the story. Ken, what's uh, your thought in wrapping this up? Yeah, um, I agree with you about Doc, though. That would be great to have a, um, uh, a book on that. I, I think back then he was he was more of a cheerleader in a way, and I don't know if he could have gotten them to work together in the studio and or another producer work you know, Kramer to do it to to get them all to contribute and and you know play nice, <laughs> um, but you know I think it is yeah, it's the ego thing and it probably would have been the same. Uh, you know, going back hindsight, whether it was a different producer, 
Uh, if you look at today, if if uh, Kiss decides to do a new album, I think Ego's going to be in the way there too, and they're not going to. Paul's not going to relinquish control to whether it be Eddie Kramer or Bob Ezrin. Um, but I sure hope he would. And if they do record another one, which obviously his vocals are good enough to to do it, he's getting more control of it. And as you can see on the Fire and Water with Ace, sounded he sounded great, didn't he? Sounded it sounded great. I would have loved to hear a new Kiss album with you know the the new tone. So hey, uh, come on, let let someone produce it and let's just get back to the roots. All right, so that's our topic for this week, everyone. Thank you for listening. You know, chime in on the on the message board or on Kiss FAQ uh, or on Facebook, pardon me, and, you know, let us know about your psycho executive. How should an executive producer have handled Kiss? I think Doc McGee really should have been the cheerleader who rallied all four of those members into, into remembering that they were part of something bigger, into remembering the great albums that they had made in their heyday, that they were selling back to the people in the reunion that he really could have done a, a better job maybe and again we don't know what did go on behind the scenes and that will hopefully make for some very entertaining interviews with uh mitch lafon um one day when he gets stock on the show you know who, who knows stranger things have happened so yeah. give us your thoughts on that because this is all a, all a been about looking at you know psycho circus and the reunion album from a you know looking from the top down rather than on a song-by-song basis. So, you know, just a different way of looking at things. So give us your opinion. We are now on Google Play as well. So if uh, if, if uh, it's just another way for you to listen to the show, I have no idea how the hell it works, but we're there. So <laughs> how, however you listen to the show, enjoy it, and we do appreciate you listening. So from Lonnie, from Ken, from Alex and myself, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.